Hey, what's up? Today we are talking to my good friend Greg from a band called Allegiant. Really one of the best guitar players I've ever met. And on this podcast, I found out he's a freaking like master's degree in classical guitar playing and he's going for a doctorate. Crazy. It makes sense because he's just that good. Before we get into this, let me tell you about this. Become a member for only $3 today and support the Burn This World podcast. It sounds like a very little amount of money, but collectively, it really does add up for us. And you get a lot of exclusive content for that 3 bucks. You get the icebreaker section where I ask the guests some silly questions before the podcast starts to get the conversation rolling. You also get the after show recap where I review what we talked about personally and give my opinions on it. You also get some unreleased music like random metalcore songs I wrote over the years or Browning songs that I never finished. And you get some behind-the-scenes Browning stuff like my recording process on the End of Existence record. So you get a lot of exclusive content, and it really helps us out. Head over to burnthisworld.com and click the Become a Member button. For only 3 bucks a month, it really goes a long way. Again, burnthisworld.com and click Become a Member. Thank you so much. Let's get into this episode with Greg. I'm Johnny McBee. You're listening to the Burn This World Podcast. All right. So now we're going into the real thing. This is a real question. Okay. <laughs> and it is almost just the same as the stuff I was just asking, but we're, we're actually getting going. I'm here with Greg. Me and Greg toured together... 12 years ago or something like that. The the Metal Arise tour, right? Yeah. Or Alliance. What, what a Alliance disaster. Or, it was. I I just talked to uh, Andrew, the d- drummer of Devastated. And, oh, no shit. Yeah. And Is he, he's in he's in Oceano now, right? He's done so much. He was with Chimera. He was with Oceano. He's with Impending Doom right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. That he, guy, he's killing it. Dude, that's great. Yeah. Good for him. But we talked about that tour. And yeah, literally, it was, what a horrible concept. <laughs> I think it was, yeah, apparently it was supposed to be like, uh, like a really big band takes a whole bunch of newer bands out. Yeah. And then they couldn't find a big band. So they just put three <laughs> relatively <laughs> unknown bands and put them in really big venues. Right. Oh. That it wouldn't crash and burn, right? Yeah. They're like, yeah. we'll, we'll give tickets away, and everyone was like, "I'm still not going." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, though, that was like the first time I ever had like catering like that, like because we got meal tickets at the House of Blues yeah. and whatnot, and then after yeah. that tour, never again. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you remember your favorite show on that that uh, tour? <clears throat> My favorite show on that tour, um. Shoot, I, I, I want to say that it was the San Diego House of Blues because we played a smaller room on the side, so it wasn't that awkward. Yeah, but maybe I'm thinking of another tour, another tour. I don't know. No, I know that's that's it was it was a smaller room in yeah. San Diego. I uh, Denver ruled, but that was our hometown, so it yeah. was it was kind of. I, I know you had a good show too in Denver. Denver I, I think that. Well. The devastated didn't. They I they did not have a good show in Denver, and I I feel really bad for them. But like, my favorite show happened in uh, Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland, and I you you might not know this, but like they were filming the Avengers. Oh, I do remember that, and yeah, right. I they had shut down parts of Cleveland and made it look like New York. Yeah, they had like <laughs> police cars, like NYPD police cars, and fires, and like I remember yeah. turning a corner and seeing like this, just like these buildings, like ripped yeah. to the ground. I was like, "What the heck?" That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. And Queensrÿche was playing the big room that night. I do remember that, and I was like, "Oh my god, I get to see Queensrÿche," and that's when Jif Tate was still in the band. And I got to see about three songs before we had to go to the emergency room because Corey, our bass player at the time, had kidney stones. Uh, <laughs> so that stuff. was like the most memorable show on that whole tour for me. Well, there was a lot going on that day for y'all. Yeah, no, that was. I, I even remember there was a saxophone player outside. Like, yeah. The, like, how do I remember that random little crap? Like, <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> but that was a memorable tour, though. I mean, for all of us, like you said, we we're all relatively unknown at the time. And like 
it was a full I mean it was a long tour it was full US yeah it was our first time playing big rooms even though there was like you know 2500 cap room with like 20 people it was still a big room (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah but dude nothing nothing quite makes you feel like an asshole and it is like very humbling Mm -hmm. (laughs) to put you in a big room but there's like 20 people it'd be like i don't know if if i could feel worse (laughs) i I think i do remember was i don't know if it was this tour or not but at the um the hollywood house of blues uh blackjack and kyle gas was in the upstairs like vip room putting on a party or something like that yeah yeah that's right i i I remember that and i was and i passed them in the hallway and i was like i would love to fanboy out but I have nothing intelligent to say. So I just kind of was like, hey, what's up? This is the, <laughs> by. Right this second, like the universe is aligning somehow because I just this is my second podcast today. And I just talked about seeing Black Jack Black at the House of Blues in Hollywood, <laughs> like on this from this tour. And so this everything's yeah. like aligning right now somehow. And so <laughs> we're meant to be here and be talking again. after Awesome. All this time. Awesome. Well, I've missed you. <laughs> I've missed you. I, I think about you often. I, I think about you guys often too, because like even though that was so shot, but it was a very formative uh tour for us. And it was like in one of the most grueling parts of like our touring career, which just makes it even that much more memorable and also so much more memorable than nice people that are around when you're freaking like eating crap, you know? <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like you didn't we didn't have much besides our interactions together, you know? Yeah. That was it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I also think about you guys a lot because um in your van you didn't have AC towards the back, so you had these tubes running through your van, like <laughs> venting the AC to the back of it. Ah uh, yes. I uh, 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 yes, nothing like going through Death Valley in the middle middle of summer <laughs> with no AC. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean it just really is formative. But both of us like we um really continued on from there like pretty well and you guys did a lot of really cool stuff and still killing it and um even through member changes and everything like that still out there and doing it up and same with the browning literally the same yeah. the same situations it's been it's good to see and good to see you still out there doing it and so um why do you think it is that like y'all have been able to continue for the past 12 years um you know what? It's like I could I could be like kind of a jackass and just say stupidity, like <laughs> <laughs> just a glutton for punishment. I'm too stupid to quit, which is what I like. Everybody in the band is so much younger than me now. Uh, <laughs> like I have over a decade <laughs> on mm-hmm. everybody that I I literally last time one of the last times we crossed into Canada, they were like, "What are you doing with these guys?" <laughs> when they were looking at our IDs, and I was like. I'm banned out. I'm too, I was too dumb to get out when I was their age. Um, but I, dude, I, I just love music, man. Yeah. Like, I, and I think that's what it is. And, yeah. and I never wanted to do anything else with my life. I just wanted to play music and, and even though like, you know, I, I'm at the, I'm at the age where I'm like, you know, I, I told my manager, I like, man, I kind of don't want to tour as much anymore. I want to kind of, I'm down to tour. But I also, you know, my body doesn't hold up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I'm looking down the barrel at 40, you know, be 43 next month. But like when it gets to be around 45, I'm not so sure about like sleeping in a van for like a month straight. <laughs> Definitely. You know what I mean? Like it, it gets really hard and it's it's a different world than it was 12 years ago. You know, oh, for when sure. you're just like so. Well, like even like for us too, it was it was a similar kind of revelation. We we just did a headliner after COVID, and yeah. um, you know, for the past you know for two and a half three years before that, we were all chilling, really comfortable at home. You know, all used to being really comfortable, and so like going out to have to get into a very uncomfortable situation wasn't necessarily what anyone wanted to do. So our expenses were through the roof hotels every night you know a sprinter van like everything yeah and so it does as you age it does become a little harder to be willing to sacrifice um body and also mental the mental grind because it is very mentally grinding yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm lucky enough where I'm like, oh, unlimited data. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, w- I am going to go lay down for um, an hour and watch Netflix. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I, but I, I'm also, I mean, the guys are really nice to me. Like, I'm at the age now where I can't drive at night. Yeah. Like, I just have a really hard time seeing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I think we, I was, you know, I think we talked about this 12 years ago, but I'm like, I'm. Uh, I know you weren't a drinker at the time and I've never been much of a drinker. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, like if we're in a party city, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm designated driver. And I was like, I, we were in new Orleans on a day off. I was like, all right, guys, you can go. I'll drive tonight. Like I'll go, I'll go to bed and I'll get up and drive. And then, yeah, I'm going the wrong way on the, on down the <laughs> highway. <Yeah. laughs> like, <laughs> Stone sober. I'm like, Oh, I just didn't see. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's like safety. You know? <laughs> yeah. I stopped driving at night, um, back then, uh, on that tour too, or it was probably around that time just because I was also the best one at waking up in the morning. Like I was the only one that could wake up at 6am and finish, Right. you know? Yeah. So, uh, I just kind of always kept that and like everyone else can deal with, you know, driving at night. And I also, one thing when I get tired and I'm driving at night and I realize this on tour, is I would yeah. drive like 40 miles an hour for whatever reason, like not even intentionally. I would just be like, yeah. I'm like, how am I going 40 miles an hour right now? This makes no sense. And I just, well, your foot, your, your foot got tired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, just, uh, it is a grind, but it is worth it. And so like you, as you're getting to, to this revelation, like, what do you do? Cause obviously you have a uh, insane skill on the guitar that you're not just going to let like be done you know and so what's what's kind of like your trajectory or your goal um doing like to to progress or to keep being a musician well i mean like i i uh you know i'm still you know i still write yeah. all the time i like i'm a full-time teacher mm-hmm. um and then you know i have i have multiple bands where i'm like yeah. constantly writing um i tried to go back to school until uh like we've done a couple tours since COVID has been up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so with that kind of like that ended grad school again for me, I don't know how many times I've tried to go back <laughs> to get my <laughs> master's to finish it up. And I like, Oh, touring, uh, yeah. it just crushes, crushes it. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, like I, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not anywhere done yeah, of course. But uh, I just I just have to slow down just a little bit. Yeah, know? and not even necessarily slow down, just switch the perspective from let's grind touring out to maybe let's do some like online lessons more, or maybe become like do guitar videos and you know stuff like that. There's there's other yeah. ways to be active than sleeping in a freaking van for eight months. Like right, right. Oh, I I started streaming. I, I started doing the Twitch good. thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, which has been fantastic because now it's like. Uh, oh wait! I have to play a different set every week of mm-hmm. like of very technical music. I guess I'm going to get really good at my <laughs> own songs that I never worked on until it was time to rehearse for tour. Right. <laughs> so, um, which has has been proving uh, very challenging. Actually, yeah, that's no. sweet. Uh, have you ever seen Rocksmith? Do you know what that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, it, it's hard to get used to, but if you're good at guitar, I mean, I think you'd I think you'd be able to nail it, and that's really big on Twitch. I bet you do good on that. Uh, yeah, I've seen a lot. A lot of my buddies do that. Yeah. Uh, what? What? It, I know it's like kind of a video game, but like, how is it? I'm not really sure. Like, I see people do it, but yeah. I kind of don't get it. It's, like, what exactly is happening? It's Guitar Hero, but with a real guitar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you basically these people get good enough at like sight reading these uh, tabs that are flying on the screen to where they yeah. like people just request random songs and they can just sit there and sight read it like it's Guitar Hero. Dude, that's that's actually really cool. Yeah, it's like, sick. It, it just shows you the tabs right on screen, and it goes with it, and you can just sit there and play along. And they have like in they have every song tabbed out on it, so it is really really cool um, and really good for content. And since you are so good, I I think you would pick it up in no time at all. And so I think you'd kill it. Yeah. Um, well, I w- that looks like something I'll have to look into. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> You as as I keep talking like Greg is really good at guitar guys. I'm gonna just say it, okay? He's really good. And <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you prefer 
really good riffs or really good solos? We kind of already answered this, but like, say it is your favorite type of solo versus your favorite type of riff. Which would you prefer? Um, you know, I think I think a lot of people would go towards the riff. Yeah, but I really like solos, man, and I, I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like a solo is a little journey. Oh uh, yeah. You know, the way that I experience it. And I know that's going to be a very subjective thing, but for me, like a solo is a very personal journey of the person playing it. Mm-hmm. And not and, and like and not everybody's journey is something I care to listen to. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like when when I hear a guy that I really vibe with, do you know what I mean? Like man, I could listen to him play solos all day. Yeah. You know, cause I, I do kind of feel like I, I, I mean, riffs are great, you know, and I, I don't want to downplay that, but for just, you know, my personal brain, I would, I can just listen to like someone mm-hmm. playing solos all day and like, you know, do kind of like the harmonic analysis as it's going. I'm like, Oh my God, that was, just, you know, crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, like what, what kind of solos? There's so many different types, but like, what is your favorite aspect to the solo? Cause I have my personal oh. preference on the type of solos I like. Um, and for me, like personally, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of solos, but the ones that I like are kind of the more slow melodic, like, uh, like, like you said, a progression one. Yeah. And yeah. Th- those are my favorite ones. Like almost sing along. Like if you think about like arch enemy, you know, they have some, yeah. some, some solos like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that you have to have that strong sense of melody or I kind of check out. Right. right? It's like, I'm like, Oh, that's super impressive. You're playing all that. But like, I kind of, after like two minutes, I can, I can't be fucked. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I do, I really do love the technicality aspect of solos, but I kind of feel like it is a marriage between the melody and the sing along thing we need you need those earworms mm-hmm. and that the that the speed and technicality ultimately is kind of you know it's it's the tension mm-hmm. right it's the building up of tension and then it's released into beautiful melody right so it, it's kind of like the the pairing of both of those is what really like hooks me you know so who do you think is the most overrated like famous guitarist of all time. Oh man. Of all time. Cause I, cause I have one and I get in trouble for saying it, but I want your opinion. Oh man. That's, that's such a hard, hard thing. I mean, I really just, I don't like John Mayer, <laughs> but I kind of, I'm like, is it his playing or is it him as a person? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> The things that come out of his mouth. So I'm like, is it, I don't like him as a player. Is it because, you know, I just don't like him as a person. Um, I don't know, man. Like I kind of, I don't, Oh, um, Jimmy page, Jimmy page. I think, I mean, it's like, I think he's a brilliant songwriter, but like people laud him as this great guitar player. I'm like, are you listening to the same sloppy shit that <laughs> I am? Cause like, it's pretty garbage. Um, and who does he play for? Led Zeppelin. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I Led Zeppelin gets they're like they do have really good songs, but yeah, some aspects yeah. of it are are a little weird. Um, like the there's one like uh, Cashmere. It's that's the most listened to song by my wife. It's like the only song she listens to. I swear. Um, <laughs> but it's a good riff. It's a heavy like it's a metal yeah. riff, you know. Yeah. But um, the drummer for whatever reason he never hits the crash to accent anything until the last measure of the course. And then he crashes randomly. I'm like, why? Like, why didn't you accent when the course hit? Why are you accenting then? But I mean, you know, whatever it's their creative stuff, but like, right. There's definitely some weird stuff going on, but maybe they're just on that much of a level. We can't get, we, we don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Whatever, well, wait, whatever. Who, wait, what? What's the one that gets you into trouble? You Uh-oh. can't leave me hanging. Oh, see, I was, I was avoiding saying it because, like I said, I get in trouble for this. Um, Dimebag Daryl. Really? That's yeah. interesting. I, I, uh, the riffs are cool. Like the breakdowns, and uh, you know, are cool. That heavy stuff. Yeah. But I don't like his solos. They're just like they're like chromatic noise. Like 
I don't know. That's just whenever I'm listening to a solos, that's what I hear. I just hear just like noise. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I get in a lot of trouble for that one. Maybe it's because like half the people just, that's been in my band have been from Texas, but yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's kind of like heresy to them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not the biggest Pantera fan, but like I respect the, you know, I think, you know what I think was amazing about Dimebag that I don't think like you can dispute even if you don't like him. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he was very unique. Yeah. Right. So it's like anybody that covers Pantera, I immediately just want to just like rip my ears off because I'm like, you're doing a shitty job. Yeah. Like, like, no, like he had such a unique touch to yeah. it where it's just like any, I haven't heard anybody really cover Pantera that I'm like, oh, you did a good job. Like, right. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. And I, I can respect, I, I never really listened to them much. I was big on, right. I was brought up on Metallica basically right. um and but whenever i finally did hear them they do have some really heavy crap that obviously influenced like hardcore like oh, majorly yeah and so yeah. like those things i can i can i can respect and i can respect how heavy they were and they're just these boys from the south just tearing it up you know yeah and so yeah. I, I like that i'm like that that one end riff in the song domination is yeah. responsible for for like <laughs> Deathcore exactly. as a whole, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I hear that and I'm like, dude, if if Knock Loose played that, people would be murdering everybody. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I I really do appreciate that. But as solos, I I absolutely I'll I will fast forward like thirty seconds once they start soloing in a song. I'm just I don't. Oh, that's, I I think that's super interesting. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. you know, I I just like I said, I really like the melodic, like really melodic ones, and maybe I haven't listened to much of the, enough of their catalog. Maybe I'm just ignorant, you know. <laughs> I mean, I I think if you're looking for the the melodic part, if you listen to the guitar solo in floods, floods, I think you'd be like, oh shit, okay, there yeah, well, yeah, see. it's like it's really catchy melody. Like uh, he doesn't play that fast in that at all. It's like really beautiful. Good. I I need my um my little brain to be able to keep up with the notes that are being played. And so <laughs> speaking of that, um, how does like when you're soloing like this, when you're doing the, these super fast, like licks like that, like what is going on in your brain while you're playing it? Um, you know, I, I think that like part of it is, man, you're just having fun. Yeah. You know, I, I, th- I think that's a lot of it. Um, and I think there, the, Another part of it is, like I said before, it's like you're building tension mm-hmm. and it's like this intensity before release. If, if you know, not I, not like all the time. Sometimes I'm like literally gripping it and ripping it just mm-hmm. to have fun. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, look what I can do. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Because um, no, like, like we could say, oh, you're showing off. But at the same time, like, why the hell would I be showing off if I was bored? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'm like, I would just not do it. Um, so I, I think that like fun is, is, is a huge component of like people that are playing flashy shit. Yeah. Um, but even like from a technical standpoint, like, are you like, okay, we're going 23 to 25 to, you know, like the frets, like what is like technically, what are you thinking oh. about when you're physically playing it? I'm not, dude. Like, I'm, I'm not thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, de- I'm definitely not thinking about the tabs. Right. Doing it. <laughs> you know, a lot of it's just like, oh, oh, don't fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> Muscle memory, kind of second yeah. nature. Yeah, don't fuck this up. Try to like be like, even when you're, like you're trying to, you know, play really insane shit. Ultimately, you want it to be expressive. So. Like, and let's face it, like half the times when you're playing really insane shit, no one but guitar players are going to get it anyway. Yeah. I, and I, I think, I think we can all, all agree on that. Like, you know, it's there, there's a reason that Megadeth will never touch Metallica, right? Cause Megadeth is the guitar players band of oh, yeah. the big four, right? <laughs> the guitar players love Megadeth, but everybody else is like, ew, I, no, I'm like Metallica. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I think. I think we have to recognize that. So a lot of it is just like, you know, I, I want to be expressive while playing technical music, but at the same time, I'm like, 
you I want to try to appeal to people that maybe don't like technical music. So you're trying to be musical and and expressive within it, but knowing full well it's a losing battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do think that there are bands like I've I've actually made the same analysis of even bands in our genre. Like there there are bands that people go to just watch, like say Rings of Saturn, you know? Like mm-hmm. they're going to watch that dude play guitar on stage and that's it yeah you know and but there are some bands that people go just to be in the crowd like the browning like no one's going to watch the browning they're going to like be in the experience yeah experience it yeah and so there there is a difference what what crowd would you prefer to appeal to i mean you know i think for me i would rather appeal to just the music kind of nerds yeah Ultimately, just because that, you know, that's what I am, you know, that's what Mm -hmm. interests me. So like, that's what I would love to appeal to. I mean, ultimately, we're all entertainers, right? Mm -hmm. We're just like, we're entertaining a certain segment of the population. Right. (laughs) So it, it is like, you know, just for my own personal thing, it's like, if I could just have like music nerds go, oh, dude, that was super interesting. Like that, that means a lot to me. Yeah. You know, so I mean, wouldn't we all wouldn't we all love to appeal to everybody, you know? Yeah, but realistically, that's yeah, yeah, it's not that's not going to happen. So yeah, and I mean, for me, I know for a fact there's no, um, there's no like very very musically inclined person that's going to listen to the Browning and think like, wow, that's on another level, you know? That's just not going to happen. Like I, I feel like I do some stuff that's underlying in the melodies and these counter mm-hmm. melodies in the background and in yeah. the symphonics and all that sort of stuff. But I know for a fact that you know uh, it's written for the everyday listener that wants to go to the gym or get in a mosh pit or you know what you know that sort of thing. And so, uh, see once again making smart smart music business decisions. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we're it's uh it's one of those things that I think that there is a part of me that wants to do something on like especially with all this experience. So we've been doing this yeah. a long time. And so a I want time. what I would like to do is it'd be interesting to keep doing what I'm doing, like with the browning and all the stuff, but also maybe start a project that has taken this knowledge and this experience of the past twelve years and apply all that to something new to have it like fresh perfect right off the bat dude that's that's uh that's a really cool way to think about things for sure because i mean even like i look at spear box all the time um yeah I, I talk about them a lot here they were i wrestled a bear once before they were spirit box right and right right they took this but they, they didn't have a brand that could get that big they didn't have you know the style of music was too weird or whatever but then they took this massive experience of being this known touring international band and applied it to a product that can actually have this big success and i feel like that's why it just took off everything was perfect the branding's perfect the artwork the sound everything you know and it's like if they had started spirit box without that knowledge then they wouldn't have had the success so it's like i kind of want to at least test myself like let me put together this package of this this perfect brand and this information and set it up properly in the industry not sign it to a label that's going to screw me not do you know all these little things that just kind of you know get get no, in get in your way you know no th- no 360 deals for you <laughs> no <laughs> Did, whatever happened with that by the way uh i mean crap like they they uh, finally you, you don't just, have to talk about it oh, I, no, I was I, just i, I was always curious it. it's the pinnacle oh, okay. of my career no the uh they they finally released the music just randomly but it wasn't only the browning it was it was carcass it was decapitated it was you know a bunch of big bands and so they just randomly released the music i hit them up and they made up a a blatant lie saying oh it, it was because we uh sold the rights to distribution to someone else and they wanted to take everything down while they got it set up and i was like for six years a distribution company didn't want their product making them money that's weird and so uh yeah they're just straight lying about it still up in the air no idea why they did it but you know it is what it is and i mean it was kind of a double-edged sword it it forced people to only be able to listen to our new music you know yeah so yeah 
it kind of helped, but it just made my fans sad. So <laughs> that made me sad. <laughs> but oh, uh, dude, I'm so, I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, but backtracking a little bit, yeah. I think the way that you're you're thinking about that and the way that you like attributed to like spirit box to their success and stuff like that. I, I think that you have put two and two together that I think is rare in music. Like what to be? Well, because dude, like the way that you're thinking about it, I wish I had like one iota of that thought process. <laughs> yeah. Dude, because like I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna write this like harmonic. I have like ideas for songs based on like old Gregorian chant things. <laughs> like to me, I'm so engrossed in the music that I'm a business fucking idiot. And like just just the way that you explain that, you have blown my mind. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh, well, that's an amazing idea. Like that I'm just like, yeah, I guess, but that. Sound, yeah, the way you explained it, it's like, yeah, that sounds like common sense. And then internally, I'm like, you would have never fucking even like <laughs> that never would have crossed your fucking mind. <laughs> I mean, it just, uh, you know, at some point, especially because like, like I said about like your guitar playing, this is a skill that like you have mastered in a sense. And so that mastery can for the rest of your life, you'd be able to apply it to something. And so like, yeah. even even I've considered pulling like a Will Putney where he writes and records all the stuff for fit for an autopsy but he put together a full band to go tour it and so oh right so he doesn't have to do the work he just has to get the residuals from his creative outlet exactly yeah and so that's sick like they're out promoting the music that he's writing and recording and so they're benefiting from being able to tour with this really sick music and he's benefiting because he gets to continue living his normal life while they're out playing his music like it's it's like the perfect setup for people like us i think that, that's actually crazy because I didn't I didn't know that was what fit up for an autopsy was. See and see it works. Yeah. The branding works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I, I'm just like so far removed from that. It's like I mean I'm planning was like I just wanted to go teach at like get like go back and get my classical uh, my master's you know in whatever like yeah. I have a bachelor's in classical guitar like and I was like getting my master's in classical guitar before the band took off. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I want to go finish my master's. And like, cause I wanted my original plan was I was going to get my doctorate and I was going to like be a professor in, guitar? in classical guitar. Yeah. Like that was my original. And then the metal thing was just kind of like my backup or like not, it was the, the classical thing was my backup plan. Yeah. Right. And, and then it's like, oh, wow, your, your primary plan that everybody was like, you better have a fucking backup. Like actually did something. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it's like my backup plan. I love my backup plan, so I kind of wanted to do both, you know, at some point. So what so, is but, what is like? How do you get a degree in classical guitar? It's just a lot of study. Do you know what I mean? Like, so like what a, if they do a test? They're like, like what is? I did. I'm serious. I have no. I've never thought that you could get a degree on like an instrument. Oh well, yeah. So it's like. You know, it's it's multifaceted, um, and there's different specialties within it. So, like for me, um, it's performance based. So, like I had to do uh, multiple recitals, like spanning at least one piece from every time period in, of of classical music. So, like I had to do like a Renaissance piece and like a Baroque. You know, I had to you had to play a full Bach, you know, <laughs> suite like seven minutes of non repeating. Uh, through composed music <laughs> it was just like this is going to take me uh 80 million years to memorize you know um yeah and and like so i i did all that and i you know i i just loved it you know i really love classical music and that was always like something that i wanted to you know i love classical guitar and yeah. i you know that's why there's classical guitar in the the metal that i yeah, do of course. um and like i don't know man like I took some, you know, been doing jazz here and there. And then, you know, I have, of course I have nuclear power trio, which I get to mix everything, which is, has been like ultimately the biggest freeing creative experience of my life. Like I literally get to do whatever the hell I want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But, uh, and so the career path of someone that is say, say someone was just like, like didn't even have the metal band like you, they're like, you know what? I'm going to go get my freaking doctorate in classical guitar 
Like, are mm-hmm. they are they getting that to essentially just give like lessons and teach people as well, or like what's a career move for something like that? Like, does that get you into like film because you're like, look at my degree? Like, what what do you do with that? I mean, it can. I mean, if we look at there was actually I don't know if you ever saw the movie. There was a movie called Crossroads. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. So all the classical guitar in that movie was uh, by uh, William Canengeiser. Mm-hmm. Um and uh like he did he did all the Mozart for that okay. whole album and stuff like for, for that whole movie. And um uh and like yeah, he totally spinned off that and then was teaching at uh University of Southern California. In fact, I think he still does. Yeah. Um and then he has a very rich touring schedule as well. Yeah. So but he like he just tours you know, it's not like, hey, I'm going to go in a van. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to fly to my next show. Yeah. You know, they, it's a different world. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. It's it's classical music. They, they, you know, there's, you know, it's that's where a lot of wealthy people like exist. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know what I mean? So you're you're you have a nice hotel. Mm-hmm. You, you know, they, you know, well, life is a little bit more comfortable <laughs> than, you know, living in a van yeah. where you haven't had a shower in a week. <laughs> and also like. Um, having the ability and knowledge how to actually teach people, I think is a really cool thing because like, uh, you never know the catalyst that you could be for someone that you give a lesson to, you know, yeah, you could be the catalyst that makes the next, you know, Elvis or, you know, (laughs) something like that. Like the the person that, that teaches the person that does something sick. And also, even if you're just teaching people that are, doing this as a hobby, you're still giving someone knowledge that gives them passion and enjoyment for the rest of their life, you know? And so, yeah, well, it, I mean, it's, it's much being a teacher is much more about than just the, the sub you're teaching it. You're enriching people's lives to yeah. be better people, yeah. you know, more well-rounded, more problem solving <laughs> capabilities and yeah, everything. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to, cause I've been actually been playing a lot more acoustic cause I, I never, learned like chords or anything like my guitar playing consists of like like learning a couple metalcore songs and i was like 12 and then expanding on that you know <laughs> like that was that was my uh guitar you know evolution journey and and i would think i'm a i'm a really good rhythm guitarist but i never learned chords i never learned anything like that i can pick it up and i can jam like all day um yeah but picking it up and actually learning chords has on acoustic and properly learning how to play has been really nice. So I think I need, I need some lessons from you do lessons online. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait, you, you know, a guy, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and they say it's all about who, you know, right. That's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and so if you could choose, would you choose to be the best electric guitar player on the planet or the best acoustic classical player on the planet? Oh man, would would making this decision like sacrifice the other? Yes. Oh no, dude, <laughs> no. This is like that question like stabs at my soul. <laughs> uh, you know, I would. Pro- you know, I probably. I think I'd do the classical one. Yeah. I, I think because I have. I always say that. Playing electric is more fun, but I think playing classical is more rewarding. There's something right? super satisfying and, about it. Yeah, you don't need anybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't need a band. I don't have to. I, you know, being in a band is is awesome, but it's also it's hard, man. Putting mm-hmm. up with a whole bunch of you know other people's personalities and like, even if I'm the asshole this day, um, <laughs> like I'm not gonna get mad at anybody else because yeah, I'm just I'm in a shitty mood. <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? So if like if I if if I was just doing that and I had a healthy touring schedule by myself, mm-hmm. you know, like it might get really lonely, but then I'm sure you'd have the opportunities. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna go do like, you know, uh Hans Zimmer tour. Yeah. Or uh, you know what I mean? Like I there's so many opportunities for for that type of thing that I think so if do, you make a do game classical for yourself, do classical guitarists like play with an orchestra? Yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I play. I played in a. Uh, I. I mean, not not in a standard orchestra, but there are orchestra pieces for guitar, yeah. uh, like concertos and stuff like that, which you know 
I had to do to graduate my undergrad mm-hmm. play with orchestra. So yeah, that's sick. Um, and I mean, there is something nice about, and like you said, it's nothing hating on like your band members or other people, but like to have the ability to do it yourself. Like I had swarm on the podcast. He's a DJ that's killing it right now. And okay. he flies to every show, you know, yeah. and he, he gets hotels rooms. He flies home for a week and then he flies to the next one next week. You know, that's, yeah. that is on another level of being able to uh, like continue your normal life, but do this thing that you're very passionate about. And so yeah. it, it would be really sick to be able to do that. And just thinking about it too, like, I, I don't know why I think about stuff like this, but I try to uh, acquire skills and hobbies that I can do when I'm old. Um, yes. And yeah. so acoustic guitar is something you could sit there 85 years old on your porch, you know, slumped in a chair playing, you know? Yeah. Uh, dude, I, I think that was, that was Lars Ulrich's goal all along. Really? Yeah. That's like, why I'm going to be so a, simple uh, drums. <laughs> I'm going to, yeah, I, I'm going to be a really crappy drummer so that I can play <laughs> song, you know, the same songs when I'm. <laughs> <laughs> right i and it, see everything keeps lining up because i was literally just talking about lars today um yeah <laughs> like because i just i want to ask him i'm like why do you accent your crash cymbals on the second beat like why do you do that and i don't know why crash cymbals are always the thing i bring up about where these drummers accent but like yeah. he always boom psh, boom boom psh, he hits on the freaking second beat is where he crashes and yeah. I just want to say, why do you do that? <laughs> I wonder if he has a thought process or that's just where he naturally feels comfortable putting it. He's the only drummer that does it. The only one. But maybe that's the thing is you could solo play me a large drum, drum beat and I will know exactly that it's him no matter what. You know, I, uh, I was, I was um, auditing this, this, uh, this drum clinic and uh, the whole clinic was based on Ringo Starr, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And everybody's like, who's a Ringo fan? And it was like crickets in the <laughs> auditorium, right? And then he just starts playing Beatles songs. And I swear you knew every single song that yeah. he was playing just because of the drum beat. <laughs> and then it, like he played, he must have played like 20 songs. And then everybody knew every single song because the drums were so bizarre yeah. that they, you knew instant, the, the songs were instantly recognizable by the drum beat, which is super odd and super rare. And yeah. then he was like, Who's a who's a Ringo Starr fan? And it was like we were all just like a good point, like <laughs> standing ovation. Like I guess Ringo's amazing, and none yeah. of us knew it, you know. Yeah. Um, well, it goes to show that uh, you know individualism and personality makes a big difference because even in the drums, absolutely, the, the one thing that has like the least voice in it is recognizable yeah. if you're unique. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. so, so like everything has that potential and so that that does lead to trying to tell people when because a lot of people listen to my podcast are up-and-coming musicians people that are in uh bands trying to you know get out there it's like you have to find that thing that does make you unique in that sense to where people can discern that it's you no matter what yeah absolutely yeah it's hard to do you know (laughs) there's there's only probably like three drummers out there total that can be recognized off a drum beat but like still they did it so you can too right yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah i mean who who right now uh because you're you're in a i think another realm of like stuff that you listen to than me uh who right now in the realm of music you listen to is killing it like oh man writing the best music and just doing it Oh man, you know it's it's so hard to say right now. I'm I'm enjoying the new bloodbath that just came out. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 really hard to say. I mean, there's I think that there there's some new some artists that whose new albums come out that are really good. Like I would say the new Machine Head is the best album they've done in a while. Really? Um, yeah. Um, I, I think that the new soil work is really good. I like it way better than the last album. I mean, like all, all these albums that I'm mentioning, I'm just like, wow, I really like this better than the, <laughs> the, like the last couple albums you've put out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, shadow of intent 
Yeah. They're kind of like a, they're like, they're making huge waves, but I think they're doing like, I actually enjoy their music, which is usually bands that are making waves. I don't know if it's, if it's jealousy <laughs> hidden under like neuroses or whatever, yeah. but I generally, I generally don't the, like the bands that are kind of making waves. I usually kind of don't really care for, but yeah. I actually really like shadow of intent. And I, I, I get the hype around them. Yeah, uh, they're doing well. Um, and especially for being uh, like, so, so very young and young and extreme, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, like they have not quote unquote sold out to any degree and they're, no. they're getting very popular. Yeah, I, I will be excited to see Shadow of Intent in 10 years. That would uh, be interesting. I wonder if bands like them are going to become like the mainstays like the Azalea Dyings or the White Chapels or I'm interested to see who becomes that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh cuz I don't know, I I can't imagine like Suicide Silence and White Chapel touring in 10 years. Maybe they will be, but I mean White Chapel's going a little more of a, you know, a a rock route, you know, a little bit more in that realm, but still I just I don't see it really uh in the metal realm. Oh, be- Oh, because they've kind of they've evolved to more. They've kind of gone a little proggy. Yeah, definitely. In the in the, in the vocal department, yeah, like Opethy. Yeah, and actually, you know, it's weird. I've I've never really been a Whitechapel fan, but the last two albums they put out, I'm like, wow, I really really enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> so it's and, interesting because they'll definitely with the with the genre kind of change. They'll definitely grab some new fans. Hopefully, yeah. not alienating old fans. But <laughs> uh, yeah, and um, so. Like writing this stuff that you write, it's all very uh, technical in a lot of ways. Um, how do you stop yourself from writing like the same sounding stuff? Like, how do you evolve this stuff? Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> you just go for it. You just <laughs> go for that's it. A, that's that's you know, and I think that like there has been an evolution. Yeah. Um based on like uh you know coven had a huge impact on on the legion yeah for for sure we you know we had a lot of bad stuff going on and now now we're on the other side of it you know we just had you know our vocalist just he just quit and we're uh you know we we sat we still like ezra's gonna come back uh if you remember yeah of course i knew (laughs) uh yeah, and he's going to come back and and do a tour, hopefully more than one, and then you know we but we don't know if, if that's going to be like a permanent switch or, mm-hmm. or temper or you know or he's just filling in, and uh, you know I right now it's kind of just like where do you go creatively? Yeah, and I I think we're super excited. I think the band is more fired up than we have been um, in years, honestly. But yeah. I also like we don't have COVID hanging over our heads. We don't have mass tragedy going on. So maybe it's just kind of like the skies have parted and we're breathing free again. So we can like have creative freedom. Yeah. Um, And uh, so it's kind of, but at the same time, you know, I'm also going, you know, I just got the sales reports for all the albums we've done. And it's like, Oh, I'd like to comb through here and like take stock of, what worked, mm-hmm. what, ha- what hasn't worked. Uh, you know, you also have to take into account, you know, just the business side of things, yeah, right? Sure. Like, you know, what, what percentage of people are not buying albums anymore? What percentage of people are not streaming anymore because no one's going, you know, everybody's working mm-hmm. from home. No one's driving in. So streaming's down, like vinyls down, everything's down. So it's like, you kind of have to offset, the music business part of things with, with, you know, the creative side. And like, so, you know, I'm thinking there's, there was a kind of like a, a time period of, of output that really kind of made the biggest splash. And it'd be nice to go and try to like write in that style more. But you know, what naturally comes out is what naturally comes out. Sometimes you just write, for the sake of creation, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, which is generally what happens. <laughs> Not really going in with a plan, uh, but yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, just, uh, being in that moment and making what, what you make is just a lot of times probably the, 
the better outcome than trying to yeah. overcalculate. You know, I'm I'm very much try to overcalculate, and it can hurt me. You know, it takes me two and a half years to write an album. You know, yeah. So, <laughs> and, I know. I, I think there's that 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 kind of just like self fulfillment of just you know the act of creation. Yeah, for sure. You know, so what do you? And think? then I. I I tra- chase chase that dragon of the just the <laughs> self, you know. It's like, oh, I feel so good, you know, doing all this, and then you you're like, yeah, this is this. Two people are gonna love this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you know, I'm really proud of it. You know, I felt good doing it. So okay, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I talk about that a lot with a lot of people that are um, wanting to do music. I say, you know, it shouldn't just be about. Um, you know, trying to have success. Like for me, I, I, I look back at a lot of stuff that I wrote when I was like, you know, 14 or something. Cause I, yeah. I started recording back then and I look back at it and I'm just like, you know, that's awesome that I did that stuff back then. And I'm sure whenever I'm 60, I'm going to want to look back at what I was doing when I'm 30 and, you know, be proud of it or think it was cool or whatever. And Hell so yeah. I, I think people should write for that reason too. And also record, uh, for that yeah. reason too. So you can have this this stuff to go back to whenever you're older, you know? Right. And, um, what do you think about bands like Polyphia? Do you know, it's, it's crazy. I I've been having this because I've been teaching a lot of people at Polyphia lately. And, um, it, it's, it's interesting. Cause my first, like my first experience with Polyphia was I had to teach that song goat like <laughs> over and over. And, uh, I was just like, man, I really dislike this band. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't vibe with that song at all. And I, I was just like, I don't get it, man. I, I don't, I don't hear a hook. I don't hear anything. It's just kind of like, I mean, it's, it's all very impressive. Like I, I respected the talent involved, but I, as a songwriter, I just didn't, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And then I've been diving in like, because of all my students diving into other songs that Polyphia has done. And I'm like, Oh, I just don't, I really just don't like that song goat. Cause a lot of this, I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, so I, I do find that um, it's very interesting. Cause I, I've, this is all like in the past week with Polyphia where I've kind of like, you know, I really think that this is more, I, I kind of feel like there's, there's some parallels between classical guitar. No, and, that's and about, that's why it made me think about it. I'm like, a lot of that stuff is, is pretty classical and the way he yeah. plays too he doesn't use a pick yeah uh i'm does he not oh. I, I didn't know that um yeah i mean the the way that i i've kind of been like dissecting it now and through teaching i'm just like oh i really i like it took me a second to kind of wrap my head around what he was doing and then now now i get it and then i i mean i always had the respect you know but now i'm like really enjoying the music and really I think I just had to put my brain into classical mode mm-hmm. on electric to, to <laughs> fully appreciate what was going on uh, with him yeah, or with them. I keep attributing it to one guy. I get Polyphia and, and Pliny yeah. mixed up. Well, yeah. I mean, Polyphia, I think, is pretty much the, the dude, the guitarist. Um, you know, he's at least the lead. Um, but they are, I mean, they're freaking, I can't believe how big they are currently. And it's, oh, yeah. it's fully instrumental. They're selling out like thousand cap rooms and stuff. And so yeah. it's kind of blowing my mind. Um, but they are in the era that there are that playlisting, you know, Spotify playlisting era, they can yeah. apply to so many different ones, you know, like good vibes playlist or chill, yeah. relax playlist. Like they can be playlisted in a million different r- ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see that when when I was saying like your brain, man, uh once again, you're like I'm like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Like this is <laughs> I totally understand how their success has been driven now. Because before it's I was like, I don't know, they're a fluke. And now <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, that well, that totally makes sense. You have a you have a brilliant, uh brilliant mind, Mr. <laughs> McBee. <laughs> if only I could put it to use, right? <laughs> or if, if I mean, are you? If only I didn't have a stupid band name. How about that? There we go. That's it. The, <laughs> what did you think when you were going on tour with a band named The Browning? I thought it was a uh, a a fecal matter joke. See, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's yeah. there's a, a 
this is a, a huge, I, this is what I'm talking about. I overanalyze crap. Okay. But maybe it's not overanalyzing. Maybe it's just me thinking a lot, but there's a huge disconnect in what the Browning is because there's a lot of people that think it's a silly name. Like it's a joke name, right? Well, if you it's, a, it's a street, right? It's a street. Yeah. And so okay. you can have a silly name as a band, but you have to play silly music or have a right. silly branding. The Browning to a lot of people has a silly name, but is very, very serious, you know? Right. And yeah. so it doesn't match. And then also like we have very unique music, but a very standard image. Like we just look, we look like we'd be a death metal band on stage, you know? Right. Yes. Yeah. But we're playing techno. <laughs> So it's like, <laughs> and so this is what I'm saying. Like if I can actually package something together, that's properly branded, I think it, it could have the potential, but I, yeah. you know, and uh, I mean, far be it for me to criticize anybody with a stupid, with a, with a band name. Like no one knows how to even pronounce my band's name. What's the worst pronunciation that you've heard? Oh dude. Siri called us alligator pie the other day. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> alligator pie alligator pie <laughs> that's ridiculous uh i don't know man like allegeon allegeon yeah uh, we just we uh, i like al's gay son um <laughs> I, a leggy blonde that go. was good uh yeah <laughs> people are overcomplicating it they're overthinking it yeah yeah but like i but i don't think you can know what the band what like even genre we are just by the name yeah you know like i think if i saw the band i would be like oh black metal <laughs> you, yeah. like i think that's where my brain would go you know what i mean uh -huh. and i'm like eh, not 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 even close you know but uh <laughs> do you like black metal uh not as a rule i think there's there's exceptions yes you know what i mean like i love old man's child mm -hmm. um but then like Galder's a good like it's guitar heavy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like kind of a great guitar player in a black metal setting. Yeah. Um, you know, of course I like Dumu, but I don't even know if that's black we metal consider, or not. Yeah. Is it? I okay. Don't know. Like I mean they, yeah. <laughs> like do people consider Dumu black metal these days or are they just kind of like they've risen above it, so now they're well, I feel like a like a serious black metal fan would consider Dumu like the sellout like K pop. It yeah, black exa metal, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, I listen to, you know, the true cult the stuff and I'm like, I hate every. Yes, I'm not a fan. Here. Yeah. But I did find one the other day because on the podcast, I do like these song reviews where people submit the music and I listen to it and give my opinions. And I think through that, I found my favorite black metal band. They're called Fallen Sun, like S-U-N, Fallen Sun. Oh, and okay. uh, they got they have like 200 monthly listeners or something like that. And it's seriously probably the best black metal I've ever heard. Super melodic what? and just really, really good. Because uh, I do like I'm gonna, the melodies. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to write that down. I There was um, Keep of Kalesin. Have you ever heard of them? Keep of Kalesin. No. Yeah. They they had um I'm writing that down. I'm writing um, yours down too. Look at us. Yeah, they were actually I think they were on um like Eurovision. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, like they're a black they're kind of a, like a black metal band and I, I think I forget what song it was. I think it was called the Dragon Tower. Heck yeah. And I was like, oh, I totally dig this band. And and I was like, oh yeah, they're a black metal. But I'm like, really? Anything oh, okay, with dragons, I can get behind. I'm about it. <laughs> that sounds very DOS. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, who was like? Because you said from an early age, you you kind of knew that you, or maybe not from an early age, but you knew for a fact you wanted to be a musician forever right yeah and that's what you want to do like what was the, the the moment that it just like hit that you're like this is what the crap i'm gonna do like what was the catalyst for you um you know i had to be like seven or something like that and there was like a made for tv movie mm -hmm. on and i don't remember what it was i just, just remember there was a chick she she had this huge mohawk and like was holding a guitar and i was just like I don't know what that is, but that's <laughs> I, I'm in like, I'm all into whatever this is. And then my parents were like, okay. And they got me this like cheap plastic guitar mm -hmm. with like these plastic strings. I mean, it didn't, 
it was it wasn't in tune. It was just it was just a guitar. And dude, I like slept with the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, it was it was like instead of a stuffed animal, I had this this full size plastic guitar. Yeah. Um, I mean full size for how big I was at the time, I yeah. guess. Um, but yeah, I was in from then, and it wasn't you know. And then you know when I was growing up, you know, like like it was like slippery when wet and like adrenalized you know like yeah <laughs> those were the like Def Leppard and Bon Jovi were blowing up right for like rock music and like my first album ever was like a single by Great White called <laughs> Rock Me right and like I was so confused I was like why are all the who are these girls on the cover like you know because it was like yeah. the 80s hair metal thing and I didn't know any better and my parents are like they're dudes <laughs> yeah <laughs> right? and I was just super confused I'm like well, I don't know what any of this means, but I just, I love like that. And, you know, and still to this day, like I love hair metal, but I think that's just what you're exposed to as a child. You yeah. know what I mean? Like where, where you get your foot in, yeah. you know, cause like older, you know, like the, the younger guys in my band, like in their twenties are like, you like what? Like that's stupid. You know what I mean? And it was, and it's, but it's, it's where that, introductory thing i think holds a place for you yeah in life for sure know? and um yeah in the in the icebreakers i asked you what your least favorite genre was and mine yeah. is definitely hair metal hair metal I okay do not like it <laughs> good good to, i mean that, i think that's fair you're not alone yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just I, yeah I, I i don't know why i i just i dig the the i don't know everything about it yeah i mean i guess it's sleazy i don't like particularly care i think for that's that i think that's why i don't like it particularly yeah. is the the content matter of it the, the content matter is really kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel <laughs> for sure yeah and i mean it's uh i don't know that but nostalgia trumps all you know nostalgia yeah, wins I mean, no matter what so if that's what you had when you were a kid then you're gonna love it for the rest of your life yeah and it's not like i wrote it you know <laughs> <laughs> why not see you can bring it back dude uh, I mean, Steel Panther has that shit locked. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, no one else can even try, right? Yeah, no, I'm just like, and, you know, and I, the thing I love about Steel Panther is like half of those dudes were in like, like Russell, uh, the the Satchel, the guitar player. Yeah. His real name's Russell, and he was in Rob Halford's band, like yeah. from Fight. Oh, okay. And then I saw him in Fight, and then I'm just like, wait, you're doing what now? I'm like, well, whatever, dude, you rule. And then, yeah, and then it's like, they're just so witty do you know what i mean like going to there it's like they know it's scummy but they've embraced it and like they've made it a shtick and like you know and i'm and it's you know a lot of what you've talked about is like really smart business decisions like that's what i see when i look at them yeah you know a little bit like they want to play this fun but technical music and like really appeal to this you know their sense of humor yeah I, i mean it's Maybe I don't agree. Like it's not my sense of humor, but they've totally like, you know. Well, especially if they're, especially the if they're the only ones doing it, which they pretty much are, right? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I mean, I just I I think that there's a lot of room in metal. I'm I'm curious what the what the next kind of like big metal thing can be like. Um, but I don't think anything can ever compare to like the rock star era. Like, I don't think anything's ever going to touch right. that ever again. I don't think there's ever rock stars again, like to that level, at least. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been shocked by a lot that has like picked up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I never, I never thought I'd ever see like ginger be as huge as they are. Oh God. Like we they seem to them. come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was great. Right? Well, the thing is when we booked the tour with them, um, I mean, they didn't even know it was going to be to that level. And so like they, <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't have a bus, you know, their guarantee was low. They were making a yeah. freaking killing on back end though. Because that's the thing. It's like yeah. if you're not expecting to be big, and then you somehow blow up, and you have a back end deal, like they were absolutely raking it in. I mean, they also didn't know that their VIPs would be how it was. They were having like 250 VIPs a day, like holy shit, line out the door, like wrapping around the building of VIPs. Like it was, it was insane. And so yeah, it was just sold out shows like crazy. They didn't expect it at all, and so <laughs> it was. Yeah, 
I, I look at that. I'm like, I can understand why they could do a VIP. Like no one, no one would do VIP for, for my band. You know, <laughs> like who, who would, but no, I'll just see you after the show. Like exactly. why the fuck would I pay? Right. Like what I fit for that? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause you know, we're like, we're the kind of guys that would deliver your pizza. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> what? You're not going to pay VIP prices to come see us. <laughs> right. And I mean, it's uh, it really was just, it was on another level. Um, yeah. And, you know, they were being humble about it and everything. And I think that, I think That's it, awesome. I, I think it was out of nowhere, uh, even to them. And so, but the, if the thing is, you have to take advantage of those moments if you get them and they definitely have. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Great and, for them. Yeah. Great. Um, hey, Johnny, I, I have to teach in five minutes here, buddy. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, so, I I really do appreciate catching up with you, and oh, you're gonna be oh, dude. It's been a blast. You're gonna be teaching me here soon because I need oh, to learn. Oh, dude, that would be so much fun. That would be that would be a blast. You and me hanging out again. I'd love that. Perfect. Well, send me a discount code because yeah, you, know. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get you get the mates rates. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, I yeah. appreciate you, Greg, and thank you for being here and chatting with me. Yeah, of course, man. Tell uh, Lunchbox I say hey. (laughs) Okay. All right. Bye, dude. (laughs) All right, bud. Bye. Thank you for listening all the way through that episode. I appreciate it so much. Make sure you head over to burnthisworld.com and click become a member. For only $3 a month, you can support everything that we're doing here, and you can listen to the after show recap to get my personal thoughts on what me and the guests just chatted about. Again, thank you so much. Peace out.